I'm Caroline Modaresi Tirani. You're watching HuffPost Live. They're World Cup champions, but you wouldn't know it from the field the U.S. women's soccer team have to play on. Former U.S. soccer star Julie Foudy tweeted this photo over the weekend after the team cancelled its friendly against Hawaii, saying one of the reasons at U.S. soccer cancels today's game in Hawaii. Well, with the team's current goalie, Hope Solo, adding on her Twitter feed, our loyal fans, thanks for standing with us against unsafe field conditions and standing tall for equal treatment. Well, joining me now to discuss are Nancy Armour, a columnist at USA Today Sports, and Sam Laird, a senior sports reporter at Mashable. So thanks both for joining me. And uh, Nancy, what's the deal with this situation? Well, uh, the U.S. women are on their victory tour after winning the World Cup title, and one of the stadiums that they were playing at, uh, Aloha Stadium in Honolulu, uh, the turf was, as you could see, uh, not exactly fit for a game. And after doing a walkthrough at the stadium, uh, the women looked at it and just decided that they couldn't put themselves at risk of, by playing at this. You know, it's it's not just a case of turf versus grass. This is a question of, you know, you saw some of the seams that were pulling apart. You could have a player, you know, blow out an ACL. You could have a player twist an ankle, uh, things that would prevent them from playing going forward. And they they just said, we can't do this. We won't do this. And U.S. soccer, uh, you know, agreed after looking at the field and they ended up canceling the match, which yeah. the players were disappointed with because it would have been the first time that they played in Hawaii. Absolutely. I'm sure the fans disappointed as well. Uh, Sam, talk to us a little bit about the, the reaction from fans and the response from uh, U.S. soccer. Yeah, I think the reaction from uh, from fans is similar to the reaction from the players, uh, which is a reaction primarily of exasperation and frustration um, with U.S. soccer and the other officials who are kind of charged with taking care of uh, women's soccer and putting this world champion U.S. team um, in safe playing conditions. Um, this is an issue that was... Uh, a big source of controversy uh, heading into and during the Women's World Cup this past summer. Um, it was the first senior-level FIFA event ever to be held on um, turf field, uh, which uh, made players mad because, as uh, Nancy alluded to earlier, there's increased injury risk and players say the ball moves differently on turf. So it's kind of uh, deflating um, that the U.S. Women's team went into this World Cup with all this controversy about um, subpar playing services. They won that tournament anyway, and now here they are on their supposed victory tour, um, running into the exact same problems, except even worse, um, that they were having going into the tournament. So it's, it's just kind of uh, a feeling of exasperation, I think, for most fans. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Nancy, let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned torn ACLs. Uh, Megan Rapinoe, of course, uh, tore her ACL. Did that have anything to do with the team's decision to pull out of that Hawaii game, do you think? Well, first of all, uh, Megan's injury occurred on a different field, a field that was grass, uh, but there were some concerns about the condition of that one as well. But yeah, I think it, it obviously it makes players think because they've already lost one of their top players um, it, because of an injury. And, you know, they're looking ahead as, as great as this victory tour is. They're looking ahead to a couple of months from now when they have to qualify for the Rio Olympics and they don't they can't afford to lose anyone else. Um, so, yeah, I do think that that probably played some part in this or at least was in the back of their minds when they were thinking about this. So, you know, I think one of the questions that we have to ask is about whether they're being treated as second class citizens. Uh, you know, would this be happening to the U.S. men's team? Uh, Nancy, what do you make of those kind of questions and those arguments? 
Well, it's valid. To, it's it's certainly valid to ask. Um, you know, the men do play some games on turf uh, when they play in Seattle, um, but there are also plenty of games that the when they play at stadiums that they bring in grass for. And you know, as the women all made the 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 argument before the world cup, there's no way that the men's tournament would have been played on, on turf. That just, it, it never would have happened. Um, so yes, everyone in international soccer has a long way to go in terms of developing the women's game and, and giving the women equal treatment. Yeah. Sam, what do you think about that? Uh, I think that it's, you know, this is an issue about fields and turf and safety, but I think it's kind of a bigger issue about, um, equality and even more than that respect. Uh, especially when you take how much uh, this women's team was propped up, not just by reporters who are kind of a third party, but by U.S. soccer itself and kind of by the interests that um, promote the game. Um, so when they come back for this victory tour and they're on these subpar playing surfaces, it almost makes this whole push that came behind them um, during the World Cup this past summer of still phony or artificial, where they were kind of being propped up at that time. Maybe they were needed or could rally hype or could rally sort of marketing interest. Um, and now that the spotlight has passed, here we are again with the same exact problem. So I think it's more about respect and dignity and equality than just about they need these fields and that's the other sort. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point as well, this idea of maybe a bit of style over substance when it came to the enthusiasm, at least from some of the officials, about the World Cup women's team. Uh, and, of course, then if, if this is the conditions that they're still having to play on, uh, Nancy, I mean, do you see those arguments as valid as well, that maybe there was a, an element of jumping on a bandwagon uh, that then now isn't being followed through? I don't know if if it's that so much, but there's, you know, the the inequality is is ingrained in soccer in general. I mean, if you just look at the payment for the World Cup champions, the U.S. women got two million dollars. Germany in 2014 got 35 million dollars for winning the World Cup. Um, you know, Jill Ellis makes a fraction of what Jurgen Klinsmann does. Um, but I think the one thing that U.S. soccer is starting to recognize, or is going to have to start to recognize, is that. These women are their marquee team right now uh, in terms of success. You know, yes, the game is not as widespread or, the you know, there, there might not be the level of competition in the women's game that there is in the men's game right now. But you're still talking about a team that has won the last three Olympic gold medals, is now the World Cup champion. And then you look at what the men have done and there's no comparison. So, you know, it's it is. I think the women have recognized that they have some bargaining power, and, and I think what they did on Sunday is indicative of that. Yeah, absolutely, and it's interesting how social media played a role in that as well. Uh, Sam, of course, you know, the, the Women's World Cup win shattered TV ratings as well when it happened. In terms of adding to their bargaining power, how much clout do you think that they have at the minute? Uh, I think it's hard to pinpoint, but they definitely have a lot of clout, as Nancy just alluded to, where... I mean, they are U.S. soccer's premier product right now, and it's not even close. If you look at the past year that the U.S. men's team had um, compared to the success that the women's team is coming off right now. Um, and, I mean, to me, at least when you get into kind of pay differences, um, that's hard to quantify where the pay should be. There's a big gap bigger than it should be right now. Um, but when you look at how much money the men's team and men's soccer generates versus women's soccer, it's hard for me to pinpoint uh, what the gap should be. But just saying you need a proper field to play on is like just the most basic of kind of demands, if you will, to make. And that's kind of where this situation becomes so preposterous. It's not like they're coming to the table with some kind of 10-point 
um, big plan. That would be, you know, this huge undertaking to overhaul all of women's soccer. And not that we don't need that, but literally all they're asking for is a field to play on um, on their victory tour where they're not going to be at risk of injury. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, that's a good point. As you say, it's baseline. And Nancy, you know, 538 and as well as other outlets reporting that U.S. men's soccer, but not women's, gets to play all its games on grass. Why the disparity between men's and women's? I think part of it is that the the men's game has been more developed. There's, as Sam mentioned, that you know the money that's generated. If you look at at what the men's World Cup brings in versus the women's World Cup, but we're starting to see a little bit of a shift. I don't, I want, I don't want to say the gap is is anywhere close to closing, but the fact that there was so much interest in the women's World Cup this past summer, you know, if you put the a photo of Alex Morgan and Michael Bradley in front of probably seventy five percent of the American public. Uh, Alex Morgan is going to be the one who's going to be identified over Michael Bradley. Um, so, you know, I think there's starting to be a shift in terms of popularity, bankability, all of that. And, you know, it's like I said, I think everyone is going to have to start recognizing that the the women are are not going to stand for not being treated equally. Yeah, we'll have to see how this all plays out, of course. But for now, I've got to leave it there. Nancy and Sam, appreciate you both joining us today. Thanks for having Thank me. You. Uh, and guys, for more information on the U.S. women's national soccer team, you can check out the links in our resource well below. And if you like what you just heard, well, you can listen to it anywhere. HuffPost Live interviews and conversations are now available on iTunes and SoundCloud.